God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We were talking before about the Dalai Lama and Buddhism and this former football player. I don't think he's still playing now. Uh, named Adrian Foster. And that kind of leads into what we're talking about right now, which is this concept of karma. You hear about karma being uh, talked about a lot in our society and in our world. And the concept of karma lines up with Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. And it's what we can call a universal law that if you're whatever you're putting out, you're going to get it back. Now, there are some things that the world talks about that line up with the Bible that false religions are talking about that line up with the Word of God. But then they'll always depart from it. Now, karma is basically Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. It's basically that passage there minus Jesus Christ. It's Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8 without the Godhead, without Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's self-righteousness. It's what some would call works salvation. You got to do enough good, and at some point, you're going to reach a state of nirvana or heaven or paradise, whatever synonym you want to use there. No, just do enough good works, and God or the universe is going to be okay with you now. You're going to be beyond karma. You're going to reach a state of nirvana and all these kind of things. You have to watch out with these kind of spiritual terms and concepts like karma. Because it'll seem like they line up with the Bible. Hey, the Bible right there says whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. Yeah, that lines up with karma. Or some try to get fancy and say law of reciprocity. So reaping and sowing, it's a quote-unquote universal law, sure. But you better put it in the right context. You better include Jesus Christ in your law of reciprocity. Otherwise, it's just another false religion. It's just another work salvation. It's just another form of self-righteousness, which is going to lead you to destruction. It's going to lead you away from the real God. No matter how good it seems and how peaceful you seem to other people and how much you help other people. But it is true, again, this stuff can be really tricky because you can see this law of reciprocity or this karma concept or this Galatians 6, 7, and 8 idea, reaping and sowing, being played out in the Bible. One of the examples I can think of really quickly is, is in the book of Esther. Remember Esther's, I believe it's her uncle, Mordecai, Mordecai was supposed to be hanged on gallows by his enemy, Haman. Remember, Haman had hangman, hangman's gallow made for Mordecai. And Haman ended up being hanged himself on the very gallows that he had prepared for his enemy. Now, there's some reciprocity for you. He tried to have someone else destroyed and was caught up in the very device that he had created. Now, the Bible is full of examples or warnings about this, about wicked people 
trying to set a trap for someone and they themselves being taken up by that same trap. The wicked is snared in the works of his own hands. Psalm 64, David is praying, asking the Lord, praying to the Lord to hide him from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the workers of iniquity. They want David dead. They want the man of God dead. Wicked people usually do. They want to shoot in secret at the perfect or the complete man, the man of God. They're encouraging themselves in an evil manner. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow, so they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away. Once you set a trap for somebody, and then you're taken up in that, comes back around, boomerangs, and hits you. Even your friends are not going to be want to be around you. It's like that old thing about you think somebody's going to get hit by lightning from the sky or something. You don't want to be standing next to them when that happens. All men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, so they shall wisely consider of his doing. If you're on God's side, he's going to cause evil works, evil thoughts, evil devices that are aimed at you to go against the person that hates you. Because by hating you, they're really hating God. He's going to protect you. And if he doesn't, you're going to be with him anyway. You're going to be with the Lord. You really have nothing to fear. And the point we're making right quick in this hour is karma's not in the Bible. And again, the concept of karma does match up with cause and effect and reaping and sowing. And that is in the Bible. But Christians, we don't need to be using the word karma unless we're just talking about it in some way. Don't try to mix that word, that term in with the Bible, with Christianity, because it's not there. And it's always going to take you away from Jesus Christ. Don't use that word. It's nothing but thinking that you can save yourself. People say karma because they don't believe in sin. They don't think they're a sinner beyond saving themselves. Now you just got to understand that. And I don't care what the world says. The world don't know about the Bible. They're just always going to try to stir it into their soup. And it's not an ingredient that belongs in there. We don't need to work salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's all you're going to do is brag. Once you've done a good works and felt like you've earned God's favor, you can't work out your own salvation without Jesus.